In this week's episode, I'm joined by Christian Harris, founder of Kindred Keynotes. This week, our conversation is about California's minimum wage for fast food workers, TD Bank offering doula benefits, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Christian, will you please introduce yourself and tell the world a little bit about you? Absolutely. Well, Bernadette, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. Thank you for creating this space uh, for DEI professionals and people in the space, in and out of the space, to talk about uh, some of these triumphs and challenges. My name is Christian Harris, uh, founder of Kindred Keynotes and Coaching. Uh, we're a full-service uh, firm that uh, specializes in keynote speeches for events and uh, conferences, everything from uh, motivational speeches to uh, speeches on Black American history. Uh, we do coaching of uh, life, career coaching for folks, uh, DEI coaching, then also some consulting in the leadership and DEI space. So that is our firm. Um, been had the privilege of being a professional coach for about four years. Um, really doing keynote speaking my whole life, and anything I've gotten paid to do, those are the two areas that I enjoy the most, get the most out of, and so just excited to uh, be building a business around that, and just have such a passion for DEI and. And seeing a more equitable world that it's just a kind of perfect fit. And so I'm at a pretty good place in my life professionally to be doing what I love to do. I love it. That's great. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years and there's nothing like it. The freedom of it is wonderful and we get to, to really make a difference in the world. So thank you so much for joining me today, Christian. You know, I'm a keynote speaker as well. So what's your favorite topic? What's your favorite thing to talk about? Yeah, it's it's a good it's a really good question. You know, I think um for me it, it it it's it's interesting putting it in the terms of favorite but uh because it's not always enjoyable, but I do get a lot out of it and and, and love it, but still talking about my ancestors and kind of mm. what they overcame, what they achieved, what they endured, uh what they built, what they contributed to the world, reminding myself of that and reminding people of that too. We sometimes focus so much on their tragedies and not the triumph, similar to your similar to the theme of this podcast I'm realizing now. But um yeah, highlighting that for folks and reminding them um, um just how how powerful that lineage is, uh, is uh, very special to me. Definitely my favorite thing. And it sounds like it's really deeply connected to your sense of purpose in this work as well, which is something I love talking about is what's in it? Why, why are we doing this? Because right. I think people need to be connected to that in order to stay the course. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's one of the reasons I named it Kindred. I put Kindred Keynotes and Coaching was to remember my uh, ancestors at all time, my family and uh, my descendants as, uh, as well. 
So that's awesome. Do you mind or do you care to share any of a little bit about your ancestry or some of the uh, triumphs that you are proud of from your family, if you'd like? I would love to, actually. Uh, so my dad's done an extensive amount of genealogy work, and he uh, can trace our lineage back to 1807, uh, a man named Fountain Blackwell. I sometimes wonder if he called himself Fontaine, or <laughs> it's spelled like Fountain, but sometimes wonder if, if his people around him called himself called him Fontaine, but I'll never know. Um, but it was uh, Fountain Black, Fountain Blackwell, we, we call him, uh, born in 1807. And either Virginia or Georgia, we actually have his death certificate says one thing and then another marriage certificate says something else. So we're, we're not quite sure on that. Um, and I'm guessing he was probably unsure. But Fountain actually was born in 1807, lived to be a free man in 1865. And we have a card of him, his voter registration card. And so sometimes I think about him to be so wronged by this country for so many years um, as an enslaved person, and then to come out of it and still want to participate in the democracy, still want to be a part of making this nation better, just gives me a lot of hope a lot of days, gives me a lot of energy to keep fighting. And there's a lot more of I could unpack even that we've learned about his story, but I, I think about Fountain a lot and what he had to have overcome. That's amazing. And I, I just got goosebumps <laughs> hearing about Fountain. Christian, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, would you mind uh, sharing, you know, besides your ancestry and your lineage, and which I think is beautiful, what else in this work is giving you hope? I know you were recently uh, part of the Brandon Johnson for mayor campaign here in Chicago. So perhaps that's part of it. But I would love to hear what's giving you hope. Definitely. Um... I think one of the things that has given me hope currently, and it really does tie into the first answer, um, is that for the first time in my life, uh, really, I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing in the fight towards a more equitable society and, and towards an equitable society. Um, or sometimes I put it as a world without barriers to equity. I uh, sometimes get frustrated because I'm, I say, oh, I will never get to see uh, this equitable society in my lifetime. But knowing that I am doing, I can see that society is giving me a lot of hope and gives me a lot of peace and a lot of calm in the work as well. So that that's what's doing it for me right now. Just knowing that, although I may never see it, you know, my descendants will. And a lot of that comes through my faith life and, and having that confidence. But that's what's doing it right now. Awesome. Well, that's a good segue into this week's good vibe. So let's start with the first story. And I think this this one might resonate with you. Um, TD Bank is leading the way in offering doula benefit reimbursement as part of its comprehensive family building benefits. So doulas um, are members of birth teams who can significantly reduce complications for um, the pregnant person. So having a doula can reduce a cesarean rate by 50%, labor duration by 25%, oxytocin use by 40%, etc. And when the CDC reports that Black pregnant people are two to three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. You know, this, this stuff matters. Right. 
you're right that this particular topic does resonate with me. Me and my wife are expecting our first child in February. And uh, we just we just had a moment last week when we went to get an ultrasound, uh, feeling very dismissed by the staff, very put to the side. Um, you know, any any uh, any person that's been through this process knows that when you get an ultrasound, you have to have a full bladder, and so to for it to be an hour after our appointment starts, and and my wife is still there with the full bladder we came with an hour before, and not seeing any end in sight for this, I I actually had a moment where I had to step up and use my privilege as as a man to advocate for her and us, and and you know demand uh, that we get in sooner and everything like that, and we've we've actually gotten advice to uh, to get a have a white doula uh, to to do uh, navigate us through this process. So I think that uh, it, it, if it was more affordable, we probably would. If we had a benefit like this, we probably would. Uh, so I think it's an amazing step in the in the right direction to um, trying to combat some of those inequities in our society. I, I would, I do have to say, you know, it is kind of a Band-Aid on, you know, what is the larger problem of just inequities of systemic racism in our healthcare system that we do need to attack. But also it's important to acknowledge that in the meantime, people are struggling, you know, mothers are, are suffering and, and dying and that there's something we can do right now to solve that. And this is a step towards that. So I love it. Uh, really, gl- really glad to hear it and hope it becomes a larger trend. Exactly. I, I I hope that a lot of these things become larger trends. And thank you for sharing that experience. Um, you know, and I think it also demonstrates that we all have privilege of yeah. all different kinds, um, mm-hmm. or most of us do anyway. So, so thank you for sharing that experience. And I'm so sorry. It sounds really stressful. Okay. So the second story comes from Virgin Voyages, which is setting new standards for accessible travel on cruise lines going above and beyond that which is offered by competitors. So this means that they are providing accessible cabins with wider doors, lowered counters, step-free balcony ramps, assistive listening devices, and marked Mm. excursions for wheelchair access. So I I love this, especially because it's about experiencing joy. And I think Mm. everyone should have the opportunity to fully experience joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that you went there. I was probably going to get there at some point it, when I responded as well. I mean, I think that it really wasn't until about three years ago when I began coaching somebody with a disability uh, that I fully understood all the ways that our society is ableist and just how hard it was for her to navigate the workplace and, and her career to navigate relationships as well. And, and this is interesting because it's, it's even navigating rest and being able to have leisure, how, how there's barriers to that. And that's something we all need to recover and rest and, and, you know, uh, ideally get back to work or life or, or, you know, DEI work, whatever it is. And so I love that the leisure industry is opening this up to people uh, with disabilities and making it more accessible because it's so important. And uh, again, uh, yeah, I'll state again, broken record, but I hope that uh, this becomes a larger trend too, because this could be really a game changer uh, for, for a lot of folks. Absolutely. And you know what? Let's just name it. I'm sure Virgin is doing this because they're going to attract more people with disabilities and their wallets, right? Of Mm -hmm. course, there's a business incentive here, like there is for many of these stories. 
but you know, I'll take that trade off if it means that more people are able to, to enjoy, as you put, put it rest and recovery. Absolutely. Okay. The third story this week comes from New York state, which has officially recognized lunar new year as a public school holiday. Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation amending the education law to include Lunar New Year, providing students a day off to celebrate their cultural heritage. This is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this cool? I mean, I think I'm thankful to say this is a trend of becoming more accessible, sorry, more inclusive with our holidays that we celebrate in this country, allowing more people to uh, have the time and space to reflect and, and appreciate their culture, having others be able to learn and appreciate that culture. It's uh, it's it really is special, uh, and uh, getting closer to you know the melting pot we've always claimed to be, but at really you know that mesh of cultures and appreciating those cultures is it's a beautiful thing. So I'm excited for the people that probably fought for this for many years. I can't imagine this just happened overnight. So fought fought for this for many years, and uh, I really hope that they're able to uh, appreciate their culture in, in new and different ways. And I love what you said about this helping other folks learn about this culture, right? Because I think that's what's a beautiful thing is we'll start to see, I would imagine we'll start to see this becoming more of a discussion in classrooms, especially at younger ages. And as they start to learn about um, why is school closed, right? I think it's a really, really beautiful thing. Yes, absolutely. Okay, the the fourth story is about Haley Van Voorhees, who made history as the first woman non-kicker to appear in an NCAA men's football game for Shenandoah University. She participated in the game and registered a quarterback hurry, which as a non-football person, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) But it showcases women's increasing participation and success in a traditionally male-dominated sport. Love this. You know, I've, we've had so many stories about sports inclusion mm. recently on Five Things, and it's great to see. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, that there's that this is a trend as well. You know, I, well, shout, well, shout out to Haley. Wow. Uh, you know, I pro- probably my, some of my shock and just amazement is, is rooted in, you know, this, uh, this belief that, you know, women can't play the sport. And so I have to acknowledge that too. What I'm feeling is probably rooted in, in something that is, is not good, but definitely I want to appreciate it at the same time. I uh, think it's pretty cool that a sport that has been so male dominated, that has been entrenched in so much toxic masculinity and so much inequitable practices. And from what we saw a few years ago with, you know, kind of the demeaning of peaceful protest, I think it's really cool that it's becoming more inclusive and allowing women uh, or people that identify as women and, and people of all types to participate in the sport if they want to. Uh, it's it's a great thing. So uh, it really excited for that and um, can't wait to see its impact on on the uh, sport as a whole. I am a huge fan. I do know what our quarterback <laughs> Curry is, uh, and it is a big deal. So uh, pretty pretty cool. Awesome. And the fifth story this week comes from the state of California, which has raised its minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 an hour beginning on April 1st of 2024. That makes it the highest guaranteed base salary in the country. And, you know, many fast food workers are BIPOC and primary earners for low-income households. So I think this is a huge precedent. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning that last piece, because it is easy to forget, you know, that a lot of a lot of times we're just in this American capitalist mindset that, oh, that's just a job you work at in high school and then you move on. No. Right. Like people work there for their entire careers. And so, yes, it, it is an amazing step towards the income equality. I know so much of us want. I'm so glad that it's, it's passed. And I think it's a win anytime working class folks are able to earn more. Uh, I've I've long been a believer and an advocate that we can't minimum wage our way towards income equality, that it will take a more comprehensive approach of removing some of the burdens off individuals and families like healthcare, childcare, elder care, even looking at universal income. But nevertheless, you know, people right now are earning more money. I hope that that allows them to do more of what they want to do, do more of what they need to do for themselves and their families. And that's uh, a very good thing. And um, love to see it. You know, we need to do all we can to chip away at the racial wealth gap in particular. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I take I take all of these little victories towards that as a win. So, you know, fast food workers undervalued, underappreciated, and certainly underpaid. So, you know, twenty bucks an hour when the federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five is, you know, that's that's really uh, meaningful. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. All right, Christian, what is the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Definitely, um, you can check out our website. We have uh, two domains. It's either kindredkeynotesandcoaching.com or kindred-kc.com. Find out more information about our services, book a discovery session on uh, whether it's consulting, coaching, or uh, or keynote speaking. And that that's probably the best way. I'll give my email address as well, uh, christian at kindred-kc.com. It's another way to contact me. And uh, add me on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, check in with me. Uh, you know, Follow kind of some of the updates. I've just recently started posting more regularly. So uh, reach out to me there too. And uh, I'm just kind of in this phase of trying to meet with everybody, uh, have coffees and, and talk with them. And so definitely would be more receptive uh, than, than you think to just meeting up or having a virtual meeting. So yeah, excited. Well, as someone who met up with you for coffee, I think we probably talked for an hour and a half or two hours really effortlessly. It was a, it was a delight. So folks connect with Christian. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. And this week's call to action is about a language primer for Latino Heritage Month. So some folks are confused. Is it Hispanic Heritage Month, Latino Heritage Month? What's the right word? Is it Latine? Is it Latinx? What is the language we should be using? We will be including that in the show notes and in the comments here on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christian. It has been a delight having you here, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much. You do the same. And uh, thank you again for this opportunity. My pleasure, folks. If you don't already get the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, 
And I'll see you next week right here for five things in 15 minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.